Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. Today we will continue on our series, The Blessing. We've been talking about the blessing. I hope you are not tired uh, of hearing about the blessing. We started weeks ago, maybe six or seven weeks ago, talking about the blessing and how the blessing is God imputing uh, something, uh, a divine attribute in a person's life upon a person around a person. We talked about the evidentiary blessing at one point in time, how when a person is blessed, when a community is blessed, when a church is blessed, you uh, can't but notice, you can't but see that these, uh, th- th- this individual, that church, this group of people really are blessed by God because you can actually see it. It becomes tangible. It becomes something that is evident in their lives. Today, I want to talk about the blessing from the word of his power, the blessing from the word of his power. Now, prior to uh, last week and the week before, we talked about the blessing being the great interventionist. And we saw from last week the book of Revelation. And I talked that the I said that the, the entire book of Revelation is actually a, an intervention in itself. We saw how John was exiled to the island of Patmos, and while he was there, God gave him uh, revelation, which we are now benefiting from. So it's very important that we have this understanding. God is uh, uh, through Christ intervened in uh, the destiny of humankind so that we're not completely and totally separated from God for eternity. He brought us back into fellowship with him through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The blessing is God's presence in the life of a person and the blessing is Jesus Christ. So there are so many ways to define the blessing, but the blessing is a person, is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And we can see Jesus in so many ways, in so many, you know, uh, expressions. All right. So, Um, Today, we're looking at the blessing from the word of his power. And I want to read a portion of scripture from Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3. And I will read from the New King James Version. Watch this. Listen. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. This verse is talking about how God spoke it at different times. But at a particular time, an angel came from heaven, angel Gabriel, and announced to a woman called Mary about the birth of one who would be called the Savior, Yeshua, Jesus, all right? And so it tells us that it, this particular one he has appointed, this one called uh, Yeshua has been appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. It was through Christ that the worlds were made. That's what the Bible tells us. And, you know, it's interesting that he put the capital S that the worlds were made. There's way much more than we're even aware of. 
who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So friends, Jesus Christ is the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. So that's why Jesus said in John chapter 14, if you see me, you've seen God. If you see me, if you have a relationship with me, you have a relationship with God. He said, I and my father are one. In fact, that's one of the reasons why the Pharisees and the religious leaders of those days, the Sadducees, hated him and actually ended up crucifying him. While they were doing it for political and religious purposes and benefits, they were actually fulfilling the counsel of God on the other hand. This is why when the enemy comes against you or certain people choose to come against you as a child of God, uh, they may just be pushing you towards your destiny in God. So conflict from the enemy or from uh, you know uh, human uh, personalities is not always something to run away from. There are times where you can't even get away from it, but it's how God prepares you. It's how God forms you. It's how God takes you into your place of destiny. So we've read from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, and I want you to make a note of where it says he upholds all things by the word of his power. Upholds all things by the word of his power. And it, 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 when you look at that, the, the word there, the, the, this uh, small w, lowercase w, but there is the word, which is the uppercase w, okay? I want you to understand that the, the lowercase w is the word that we know, that we see, that is spoken. There's, you see, th those words are nothing until they become the word in our life. Now, I'll explain as we go on. That's a, a capital W. So the, the, the uppercase W is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the word. Remember, it says it was by him that all things were created. It was by Jesus Christ that all things were created. You can also read that in Colossians chapter 1. It says that, that there was nothing that was made that wasn't through him. And in him, all things consist. That's what the Bible tells us about Jesus Christ. So this Jesus, who is the word of God, and whom we are talking about today a little bit further, we want to see how the word W, lowercase, and the word capital or uppercase W work together. Very important. The relationship between the lowercase W word and the uppercase W word. How these two relate and where the power comes from. The power is in between the connection of the lower W and the upper W. And we will learn that as we go ahead in Jesus' name. I want to read also from John chapter 6, verse 63 to 69. John chapter 6, verse 63 to 69. This is what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the words, the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Jesus said to the people who are listening in John chapter 6, he says, look, when I'm speaking to you, my words are spirit and life. They are not just empty words. They are words that provide nourishment, refreshment to your spirit. The, my word is actually my spirit coming to you to provide, they come from my own spirit, to provide life to you, okay? He said, but some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Verse 68, 
Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. The disciples, when all the crowd left him because he was beginning to say things they were not really comfortable with, he turned to the 12 who are still there and said, will you also go? Because if you want to go, that's okay. My father can give me new ones, new disciples. But he looked at them and said, would you? And they said, where would we go? You are the one that has the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. No other person has words that can give, that can sustain eternal life in a person. That immediately equates Jesus Christ with God. And that's a problem with many people because they can't understand how someone who walked on the earth. Remember when Jesus came, one of his names was Emmanuel, meaning God with us. All right. So it's very important to understand that First of all, the word became flesh. We see that in John chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says the word became flesh. So that word that God used to create, that capital W, the word himself, Jesus Christ, became flesh. He came and he was on the earth. So everywhere he went, everywhere he healed, everywhere he performed miracles, this was the word, just like it was in creation. That's why he could walk on water. That's why he could speak to the storm and it, was st it became still. That's why he could raise the dead. That's why he himself could lay his life down and then pick it up again after the third day. That's what the Bible tells us, right? So Jesus Christ became flesh. The word became flesh. And when he became flesh, his name was, a name was given to him in order for him to live on earth. His name was called Jesus, the Christ. Christ means the anointed one of God. Okay. Secondly, we need to understand, actually, Jesus' ministry was about three years. For three years, the Word, capital W, spoke and worked wonders on the earth as an example and proof of God's anointing upon him. He worked, walked everywhere. Everything he did was to prove that he was the anointed one of God so that we can believe in him. I want you to understand that Jesus preached and taught the scripture for a reason. He did what? Watch me. He preached and he taught. He was called Rabboni or Rabbi, the teacher. But he preached and he taught. Anywhere you see Jesus in the scriptures, the Bible said he was always preaching and teaching. Why did he combine those two approaches to communicating the gospel? I tell you, preaching drives us to a place where our emotion is rocked and brought to the surface. We have to make a decision for or against. Teaching expands the concepts that are introduced through preaching. So Jesus put this twin gift or ability together to bring people to a place where they had to make a decision for or against. And then those who made a decision for, he talked. And even when he those who would not make a decision, they still had a, a, enough reason if God were to judge to say, you heard everything you needed to hear. How come you did not believe? He taught to expand the concepts, the divine concepts he was bringing to mankind. He preached to draw man from darkness towards the light. And then he taught to expand the light that men were coming or humankind was coming towards. The apostles follow this model throughout their lives. We see that model continuing today. 
You know, a lot of times you will see that I would preach and then I would teach. It's not, this is why the Bible says anyone who will be a leader in God's church should be able to teach, should be able to teach. Very, very important. And the Bible says those who teach should be very careful because they are judged more severely. All right. Now, having established the fact that Jesus Christ is the, uh, the word of God and that he walked on the earth, I would like to point you to something. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 4 to 6. So Paul is speaking here. He says, we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Jesus Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. He's talking about the fact that you can read the, the, the letter. The letter is nothing. You can read the scriptures. It's nothing. It's actually the spirit that gives life. Paul says we have been made ministers of the new covenant. I have been made a minister of the new covenant. You are listening to me today. You may not be a pastor. You may not be an, uh, you know, over a group of people or whatever. And, and you just find yourself making an ordinary person going around. Well, you know what? You are connected to the supernatural God. You are a child of God. And for that reason, you are a minister. God wants to walk through you. He wants to walk through you. So I want to talk about the scriptures in you and through your own mouth being a blessing. If Jesus is the blessing, if he is the word of his power, if the scriptures have been given to us so that we know God, how then does the scripture in you and I, in our own mouths, become a blessing? You know, in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, 1 to 3, in the King James Version, the authorized, the Bible says that blessed is the man. It begins with blessed. And, and it gives a qualifier for who is blessed. And it said, what is that person who is blessed? He said, is the person who does what? Who meditates in the word of God day and night. In the New Living Translation, it says, all the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. All the joys. The blessed of God are people of joy. Hallelujah. He says, these people delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. Here is a definition. Here is a picture of the blessed. They begin with the scripture. They begin with the counsel of God, with what God has to say to them. Friends, like Jesus, let the word live in you. Let the word live in you. Live in you. That's where it all starts. We can't ignore the word and think that we can actually work in the miraculous. It's impossible. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, let the word of Christ do what? Dwell in you richly. The word, when it is preached and taught, like I said earlier on, saves anyone who believes from sin, from Satan, and from themselves. Because sometimes we need to be saved from ourselves, right? The word, when it is read and meditated upon and memorized, does us good like medicine. It becomes flesh in us and a resource for the Holy Spirit. You see, when you have the word in you, what happens is the Holy Spirit uses as a resource. 
So you need the word as it is written, as it is, as it is given. Some people might say, but you know, Pastor Vandaza, there was a time when the Bible was not printed. It was printed in, uh, 16, in the 1600s. So how can you now say? Well, here is the point. The word has always been there and given. As, as, so the same thing has happened now. After the printed, the printed page, we now have the tablets. We even, I even have a Bible on my phone. It's called the version app. There are so many other uh, ver uh, apps, but version I think, is one of the most uh, popular today. We don't know what is going to happen in the future. Maybe you would actually be able to read the Bible off your wristwatch or something like that, or it would drop as a, as a screen on one of the walls in your house, and you just have to call the verse, Galatians chapter 5, boom, and it just drops. See, as we advance, we are still able to take these words that have been penned down by those that God had chosen over time to provide guidance for us and to provide uh, you know, uh, revelation for us. The word is a guardrail. It's important to have the scriptures because they are our guardrails. John the Baptist did not have a Bible like I, I have today. In fact, Jesus, the scrolls that Jesus read contained the Torah and the laws that were handed down to children of Israel by Moses. Jesus did not have the New Testament. Jesus was the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about his life. Then all of the rest were written by those who were with him, who saw him, and then a movement was started by Jesus Christ, but was determined from the time God called Abraham and said, I will bless the whole world through you. So it's, it's, it's clear. So we need to read and meditate upon the word and memorize what we can by the grace of God, what God gives us grace to memorize. You may not be able to memorize so many verses, but I can tell you this. When the Lord wants you to put something in your spirit, when he wants something to go in your spirit, it comes to you and, and it becomes, it magnetized to your spirit. It's very, very powerful. Why? Because the, the word of God is a double-edged sword, okay? So the, remember I said earlier on about the small W and the, the big W, right? Uppercase. See, as Jesus became flesh, in the same manner, the word that you and I read will become flesh in us. In other words, it will enter into us and become part of our system. I know, I know it's like, man, what are you talking about? You will know how powerful words are if I said something negative to you. If you were, you know, if somebody just stopped and you're driving by you and for some reason, they, they, you know, like road rage, and they said something insulting to you on the highway, how do you feel? It actually goes down deep. You just want to rush after them with your car, overtake them and give it back to them, right? That's the power of words. Now, when you read a book, you can actually paint a picture from what you are reading as you read a novel or something like that. In the same way, as we read the scriptures, God wants to breathe on the scriptures when we read and meditate in the scriptures so that it actually comes into our spirit and by a miraculous work of God, it, it becomes part of our innate being our spirit, our soul, and eventually begins to radiate from our body. Very important to understand that. So there's a spiritual, or would I say surgical operation that God performs as we intentionally bury ourselves in the scriptures. That's when the small W engages the capital W and Christ now dwells in us by faith because Christ the word introduces us to the person of Christ. So everyone, I'm telling you this. 
It's important that you read the scriptures. We always tell our children, start your day, read a verse or two of scripture, or, you know, you know, uh, have devotion, have time with God. Read the scripture, meditate in it, because we want them to enjoy what we have enjoyed all our lives. Up until this time, it's so important. Let your children know about it. If you have enjoyed a walk with God, let them know that they can also have it. It's their heritage. They can seek the Lord and he'll be found of them. Let me close by asking you a question. How have you used the word of God recently? Has the small W become the capital W in your life? Has the word of God promoted the capital W, which is Jesus Christ himself? Has that been promoted in your life? Is there an increase of the presence of Jesus in your life? And I'm, I can tell you, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. And I, for many years, I really don't use uh, devotionals. And I, I'm not saying it's wrong to use devotionals. It's good. You start there. But if you are growing as a Christian, a time comes where you can use devotionals if you really like, or you can just open the scriptures. And as you read, God grants you insight, insight. He can take any verse of scripture. I'm going to teach on how to study the scriptures, how to use the Bible. Very important. We will not do that today. We can't do that today. It'll be too much for one Sunday uh, message. But I want to encourage you to understand that there is a blessing and that blessing, that person of Christ, we can find in the word of his power. The Bible says that God upholds all things by the word of his power. When we enter into the word of God, when we meditate in the word of God, it'll in, it ignite growth in us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The word must lead us, that is the scriptures, to the word. The small w over here must lead us to the big W over here. The word is the word. It will, it will be of no use to you. You know, atheists go and read the Bible because they maybe they're trying to um, disprove and they read and they see all the contradictions. They say, These, this, there's so much contradiction here. That's because they need the eye of the spirit to help them understand what is in the scriptures and to make it relevant for our day and our age. The Bible is a book of revelation. It's a book of, uh, of, of, of principles. And if we're not seeking God to help us, you cannot understand the message that is in there. The scriptures leads us to the word. May the word of God, you know, lead you to the person of Christ. And may he grow in us as we work and walk uh, to ingest the scriptures, meditate in it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I hope you have been blessed today. We're going to spend some time in prayer. But just before we go. I want to thank you if this is your first time joining us online. God bless you. If you are going by and you stop to watch it, uh, you know, God bless you. And my prayer for you is that you will actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that is where it all begins. The Bible says to as many as received him, to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God. If this is your first time and you have uh, never contacted us before and you would like us to get, uh, you'd like to get to know us better, you're more than welcome to contact us. You can contact us through Facebook or you can go on our website, joyfountainchurch.com and just send us a message. I would love to send you a gift and just to uh, relate with you. Um, and if you need prayers also, you're more than welcome to send us a prayer request. We'll do whatever we can to help you and support you in your work with God. If you would like to give your heart to Jesus Christ, it begins with a prayer of confession. You say, Lord, forgive me my sin. I repent of my sin. I believe you came and you died resurrected for me that I might have a relationship with God through you. 
Lord Jesus, write my name in the book of life. Make me a child of God. Let me walk with you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that, if you pray that way, please contact us so that we can support you in order for you to walk with God and grow in Him. God bless you in Jesus' name. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.